Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Welcome to the final episode of Talk of the Kingdom, a very special Nintendo Voice Chat mini-series focusing on all things The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. I'm your host, Brian Altano, along with my incredible crew of Zelda superfans, Per Schneider and Rebecca Valentine. We did it. We are here. This is it. This is the final episode of Talk of the Kingdom. We've postponed this so many times. So many times. So many things came up. Uh, let's see. We had uh, Summer of Gaming popped up. Uh, we had a Nintendo Direct pop up. FTCB Microsoft. FTC, there was a bunch of uh, people. N- nobody wanted to finish this game. Not wanting to finish it, I think, J- is the biggest thing. Jada uh, Griffin was supposed to be on the episode this week. She's literally in the demo room here at IGN right now, finishing the game, doing her homework on the bus, trying to get here in time. She was like, can I pop on and, and talk about it? And we're like, no, you have to have finished it. She hasn't finished it. I want to ruin it. That's a, good, that's a good warning for the audience here. This is it. This is the end of the quest for us here uh, at Talk of the Kingdom. This is the spoiler cast, okay? I need, I need to be abundantly clear here. <laughs> that means if you have not finished Tears of the Kingdom and you do not want to get spoiled, please back out now. We're going to be talking about the ending, the story, our favorite moments, all that stuff. Save this episode until you're ready. We will be here for you when you need us. Or just if you don't care, you know, just listen, have fun. We're, it's going to be just wonderfully positive. We have good things to say. Okay. Is, are they gone? Yep. Is everyone gone? If a single person in the comments says you spoiled I, yeah, this for I don't, me, I don't want to hear it. I, this is weird. We, Get I, out. If I don't like, if this is one of those things where like you're, you have us on mute, this this is me waving my hands. Like, no, don't don't cover your cover your eyes. Cover your ears. Down down down. Okay okay. I think they're gone. Um, we can finally do this. Before we do it, uh, real quick, I want to talk about another show here at IGN. Quick plug plug plug. Uh, we recently started uh, a new show by our uh, loving sister movie. Uh, our movie loving sister site, not sister. Our loving sister. Yeah. Our loving sister, sister, sister movie website. Yes, going great today, folks. Uh, Called Cinefix. They are launching a new show where hosts Clint Gage, Michael Calabro, and Alex Sedman tackle the best films ever made. They each crafted a list of their 100 favorite movies. Then their producer, Dan, mixed them up with his own mystery algorithm to make the Cinefix top 100. It's a puzzling process, but the result, a hundred must-watch movies, each explored in depth every week from the magic behind Terminator 2 to things you didn't know about Sunset Boulevard. They've got it covered. Cinefix Top 100 kicks off July 3rd. That was last week. Catch us on every Monday 
catches every Monday on How's IGN. Your movie? Our, catch our sister movies every Monday on IGN, sisters.com. Uh, on IGN, Cinefix's YouTube and popular podcast wow, smooth. platforms. Join us as we deep dive into cinema's finest. Okay, enough. <laughs> enough of that. Thank you all for the Cinefix. You guys are doing great over there. Have a good time. I want to talk about Zelda. Okay. Okay, yeah. we've been waiting so long for this. This this uh, Talk of the Kingdom was supposed to be a six-episode miniseries. I think it's like this is, what, 11 Oops. now with a couple of commercial breaks in the middle. We, none of us wanted this game to get to end. Mm. No. Seth Macy, who hosts NVC, published an op-ed recently on IGN, which he wrote instead of finishing Zelda, about how he didn't want Zelda to end. We asked him to finish the game and come on the spoiler cast, and he said, no, I don't want to. He said, I don't want to. I'm going to, I got to, I got to do this. Like, you know, this is, this is a cool place to work. We, it's a fun job. I think if at any other job, you're like, no, I don't want to finish my work. <laughs> you might get in trouble, but here, you know what? We're going to make it work. You will see Seth next week back on NBC, but for now... And again, this is it, spoiler zone. I want to talk about the last hour or so of Tears of the Kingdom because I think it's my favorite thing Nintendo has ever done. I think it's one of the most magical finales to any video game ever. I think it's breathtaking. Uh, Reb, let's start with you. What was your experience like finishing this game? I... I mean, we'll we'll talk about some other things later uh, that happened before that. Um, but I I got to a point where I I was like ready, like I I finished everything that I wanted to finish because I know because after that we talked about this in the office earlier. After that ending, I don't want I like I don't want to go back because I feel full. I feel mm -hmm. like I have just had the most full and complete meal. I do not need to eat anymore. Like I have done it. And so yeah, like I mean I my partner and I have been playing this game together and we started it together. And for a while he was ahead of me, and for a while I was ahead of him. And we managed to time it so that we were finishing together. Oh my so God. We, we both, we, it was like a weekend afternoon. We both stood on the edge of that pit and we took a photo of our TVs side by side. Side by side TVs. Yep. Yeah. In the same place. Ready to, and then we, we went, we, we dove over. I had headphones on. So we were playing separately. I think he ended up finishing like about 10 minutes ahead of me. Mm. Um, I love that you played this like a co-op game. We really it's, did. It's yeah. Really cool. And we took like different paths through the whole game, mm. but we just ended up converging again at the end. And it was, it was beautiful. When you jumped into that pit. Did you, like, were you worried that it was, uh, I'll put it this way. When I jumped in there, I thought it was going to be just like a, a, a quick tunnel and all of a sudden you'd be like at Ganon's front door, you'd be in the fight, but it was, it was fairly involved. There was a lot to do down there. Yeah. So I had, I had kind of a hint about this from Jada because she had talked about jumping into this pit like very early on I in the game. I did too. And, and, and triggering get, all the pissed off waves enemies. waves of, mon yeah. of yeah. monsters. And so I kind of knew there was going to be some fighting. So I came prepared. I yeah. was jumping into a pit. So I brought like gloom resistant and gloom healing food i didn't know how long i was going to be down there right. um i i made sure i was i actually had, had a problem because i had done the floating coliseum not that long ago so i was completely out of shields Ooh. and i had to run around the world for a while and like collect shields again because oh, i knew man. i was going to be in trouble um but yeah i was like fully stocked ready to go all the shrines done all the hearts um jump down there and just like wave at there's like a lionel down there yeah. uh yeah. which i had just gotten very good at fighting in the floating coliseum uh -huh. <laughs> Uh huh. Um, but I, I think like you know, I was uh, killing things was cool, but the the, the sort of, right. <laughs> Don't clip that out. Uh, the sort of box quote. <laughs> the sort of like first emotional hit of being down there was that moment where it pops up with a little because uh, I had all five sages out. 
they suddenly disappeared and it says something like this sages can't be reached you can't the sages can't reach you here or whatever that line is yeah i was just like which was fascinating uh about a game that was largely about connecting right was tethering yourself to community to to others and bringing the world back together to all of a sudden being like your phone doesn't have a signal down here like you don't have any friends i first misinterpreted it as okay they gave you all this help with the sages you know shooting arrows and like you being able to deploy them as weapons over the course of the game right and they're like okay now we're gonna do the thing like in mario sunshine where they take your water backpack away oh and yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And like we learn how it is to fight alone i thought that's what it was gonna but, be like too but then they do that for a little bit and then they use it as an emotional reconnect with yes. them where each sage comes in and like helps you fight these masses of enemies and then obviously all of the bosses from the different temples come back for one encore yeah and all the sages go oh i got this rock guy against rock enemy right like and and you're like at that moment it dawned on me i'm like oh my god this is just like the classic zelda games where instead of the hook shot to finish the hook shot dungeon you actually have these powers matched up to the bosses like i I somehow missed that even though i naturally use them but Mm -hmm. i loved how that came all together and made that emotional beat there i have a question that i actually i don't I never looked up the answer to, but if you don't, because I assume you can just jump down that hole from the start of the yeah, game. Yeah, I did. Fight. So I did. So if you're if you're doing that, do you do the when those bosses come in, the sages aren't there to fight them for you. So do you have to do a boss rush? I don't think so. I don't know if I turned around or if it didn't trigger. It may not trigger at that point. Interesting. Like, um, yeah, I went, after you fight I the went waves down of enemies, there. that I had, happens. I had misinterpreted the language of the game a little bit too, where. It looked like the castle was standing on a pedestal, and I was like, oh, the the way to the core is through that pedestal. Oh. And so I'm like, I'm like flying around, and I fall into the hole next to the castle. I'm like, oh, I've never been down here, so right. I keep going down. And then I get to this point where it's like the sages can't hear you here, mm-hmm. and there's a bunch of weapons and things. I'm like, I think I've ventured where I shouldn't be going right now. I wanted more light routes. I wanted more shrines. So I, I may have turned around, or it didn't trigger. No, this right. is after. Because yep. what happens is you get you. you get I went to that a little point farther. Yeah, where the yeah. sages aren't there, yeah. and then you fight like the wave after wave of different enemies yeah. with the sages' help, and then they get taken away from you uh, because they are fighting. I don't think these that. Bosses, mm-hmm. I think you, you go in alone. I think you yeah. need the final sage to trigger that. But like we we can look that up later. I, yeah. I'm I'm just curious yeah. if that's the, what happens. The section point maybe not. Oh yeah, this. I mean, the section when you're when you're past all that and you get to those waves and waves of enemies, mm-hmm. I thought was like so much fun. Yeah, and it's chaos, and it it feels like it. It was weird because I jumped into um, hi, the Hyrule Warriors game they made as Age a prequel. Of Calamity? Yes, um, and I was playing that with my kid and just sort of being like, "Hey, look, this is what happens when there's like hundreds of enemies on screen, right? And they're all fighting each other, and it's it's nuts." And like they threw a bit of that into the end of that game, where there's just like increasing waves and waves and waves of enemies, and they were super fun to fight. And I got through all of that, and then I got to the door where you fight Ganon for the first time in like a an old school sword fight, right? Yeah. And that was incredible yeah. because the first time he does a parry uh-huh. to you, like the flurry rush. Yep. And you're like, oh, you can do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. It was like Skyward Sword, right? Where yeah. like constantly the guy catches your sword when you try to yeah. attack him. Like, it yeah. was neat. And the I, parry, I yeah. tweeted about this, but I got basically to that fight and I looked up and I was like, 
oh, all of my, and I had like almost maxed out hearts. I'm like, all of my hearts are corrupted except for two. Oh yeah. This is the hardest fight in the game. And like, you know, there's, there's people out there that can do that, but like, I'm a tired dad. And like, it was a Saturday afternoon and I was like, just, I gotta get, I gotta figure out my way out of here. But I was locked into it. So what I did was loaded a previous save file, warped out. Uh, went the travel medallion. Yeah, went back, dropped the travel medallion, cooked a whole bunch of stuff, yeah. gloom recipes, and then came back ready to go. But yeah, the Demon King's army fight was super fun to me. So I looked it up in the guide. So you can go down there even if you don't have all the sages. It just means that you have to fight each boss. Okay, oh, yeah. So, so that's what I thought. It's a boss rush. you have the sages, they basically each one is a card to, to be played yeah. against a boss you don't that's have to so take cool. care of. That's really neat. I mean, yeah. it, it is basically Breath of the Wild again because yep. in that one you have to fight the the little... That's exactly the little it, fake yeah. Ganon spirit yeah. guys. Yes, uh, yeah. if you don't do their divine phantom Ganons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. phantom Ganons. Yeah. So when you all did that sword fight, how how was that for you? Like, Perry, you you just finished this game a few days ago. That was like, did you think that was it right there? No, no, I okay. knew I knew the way it was set up. Like traditionally, Zelda games always go like, here's Ganondorf, and then he gets bigger, he turns into pig Ganon, or something happens, or he gets out of the castle and rides on horseback, or something. Yeah, I knew there was a setup for something, and you hadn't seen Zelda yet. Right. You know, and like there's always this pivotal moment where Zelda comes in and unleashes her power, and that's the way you She's got win, a light arrow. Right? Like and, there is, yeah. she is core to the story. It's the Legend of Zelda, not the Legend of Link. Uh, and so I knew it was going to happen. But yeah, I, I, you know, I got a little annoyed with a with a Ganon fight where I had so many swords, I had good armor upgraded all the way, I had lots of uh, lots of potions to help yep. heal gloom and all of that and so it was more of a formality i feel like the the fight was not so difficult that you would like shave off lo- lots of hearts right know, yeah at that point but but then it got to the final fight and it was not and that one isn't very hard either once you have a lot of hearts but it's just really fun it's it wasn't difficult but yeah. the moment when ganon's health bar yeah okay thank you off the screen oh, was yeah, like yeah. Oh, i i was stunned jaw dropped yeah. so cool I, I was fully standing up you know like i was not i i did not sit down for like an hour playing the end of that game <laughs> i was standing up like a little kid i was, I was so, like tears coming down my cheeks towards the end of it but when that thing popped up i just i and i screamed this in front of my five-year-old i said holy and then you know yeah now he knows you a dirty word. look yeah <laughs> words words that you know that's not probably not yeah. good to see that's i thought that was it because yes. because so he he comes out and you fight him and you when you get his health bar down to nothing uh then the sages come back in yeah and i thought like like that first one i knew that wasn't it but the second bit where all the sages came in and his health bar went nuts and there were a bunch of them i was like okay this doesn't feel like it should be the last fight but right this is like i don't know this is like part three or four or something i mean maybe this is it and it was it was sufficiently difficult but it, it, yeah the so the thing is i i had felt instinct i had no idea how this was going to end it was never spoiled for me and i'm i'm yeah. so thrilled that like the community right. respected itself and each other enough to just never let this get past a spoiler a really clear spoiler tag yeah um i had an instinctive feeling that because of the <laughs> themes of this game it had yeah look at that it's the so cool bar. to do the health bar that's that's such great, a great that's wonderful yeah. meta nonsense yeah um i thought i it had to end in the sky right yeah. like it didn't yeah. like exactly. obviously you had to jump down the super deep hole to fight him but obviously it has to end in the sky but i had no concept of how we were going to get there yeah yeah because it's like Z- zelda games are really good at wrapping up with 
an element that you learn very easy. Remember in like Twilight Princess, you you grab the bull by the horns basically and perform this move. Yeah. And that's like the last thing you yeah. do in the yep. game, right? Like they're really good at bringing back the initial thing that you learned as a humble farmer or whatever you are in the game um, at the very end. And like it had to go to you can you can float and you can do yeah. something. Yep. <laughs> They give you a, a fight that is intended to be a challenge, which this mm -hmm. was. I mean, we yeah. we were all all decked out in swords and stuff, so maybe yeah. we were okay. But this, the fight with Ganondorf was intended to be difficult, but the actual final fight is entirely about feeling. Yeah, yes. and that's okay. Yes. I think that's allowed. Yeah, same. I wasn't really expecting like a, a FromSoft ending here no. in terms of like uh, strategy and technique and 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 you know just brutal challenge. But also like it does. I you could have not picked up any heart container in the game and you know went in there with two ha For gloom sure. hearts yeah. corrupted and For you sure. know thrown down with a, a rake that you found in a village. <laughs> like conversely, yeah. you know, like my my sister in law is playing this game. She hasn't played a Zelda game since she abandoned Skyward Sword. Right at the motion controls were bs and she didn't like them and then she hasn't touched one since then and finally she's back for this one she skipped breath of the wild she's not the greatest player right but i think she can do it because you can basically fill your entire inventory with potions yeah right? like yep, there's no there's no four glass bottles with fairies mm -hmm. it's like you you can load yourself up and probably persevere here even we'll we'll get to this later but i had specifically done the last thing that i did before coming down here aside from floating coliseum was the side quest that involves acquiring so many rice balls my i i officially hit the inventory limit for food oh, wow. <laughs> I had so many rice balls yeah i i just i just like cooked like crazy before i went down there and ended up not using a lot of it but uh speaking of eating things that make you more powerful uh, <laughs> ganon yeah takes uh, a large bite of something unexpected and i, I love that the, this came full circle to the title of the game which we never really truly understood right these tears yeah you know? That we saw, like, Zelda at one point of the game it, it, it takes one. And, that is yeah. such an emotional scene, Oh, my too. God. Like, do we get... Can we talk about that? Yes, yeah, spoiler cast. Talk about anything. Allowed? <laughs> That's... Because we've never talked about that before. Right. Like, I mean, I saw that probably middle of my playthrough at some mm -hmm. point. Wow. Like, I... I had enough clues up to that point to understand that that was something that Zelda was going to do, but actually seeing the scene where she does it, like... I think some people have been a little bit down on Zelda's voice acting. Uh, yeah. Whatever, have your feelings. That was a really good scene. She did such a good job. She and did. like the yeah. animation. Absolutely. And like, I'm sorry, her, the dragon's eyes messed up. Yeah. Freaky. I rode that light dragon around for hours collecting stuff for, which by the way, that's a whole other messed up thing. Shooting like arrows at her to get scales to upgrade my tunic. Uh -huh, uh, uh -huh. That's real messed up. Oh, that's like cleansing. It's like what the little birds do with the hippos and stuff. I don't it's think okay. that's true. But, just, it, no, but her eyes, her eyes are so like, ah, well, there's that, like the, pain. The, the sort of like the, uh, this is explained to her, right? Like this is a one, and yeah, obviously yeah. it's not, but it's but like, this is a one way transformation, right? Yeah. Like there's no coming back from this. You can do this. This is a sacrifice. You can do this to like save the kingdom, but, um, like That's you, it for you. you can't sleep in your bed anymore. Right. Yeah. I thought your bed that you share with Link. <laughs> not this. <again. laughs> I'm not here. I actually <laughs> thought they would carry that through. I, I thought they would end it on some sort of, she's a dragon in the sky. And right. Like, we'll never be together moment. Uh, you know, like, you thought they were Nintendo? I, no. I, I thought so because it was so everything looked so like Miyazaki anime and like it had it had like you know if you read 
Chinese literature, that's usually the ending to every story, right? Like mm-hmm. the two lovers don't get together, like Crouching Tiger. Any any of these these movies do the same thing, and they've been echoing that story. And this has like, I mean, this this echoes Chinese literature a lot with the dragons and right. the music and everything. I like that to me signaled maybe they're not going to get back together, which I think just heightened the experience and made the ending so I mean, much they, happier. They, and then Ganon Ganondorf is all like, "I'm going to do it too." They basically turn yep. uh, Marin into a seagull at the end of Link's Awakening. So like, and you know, anything. yeah, that's... that whole place disappears. Mm. Worst things have happened. Well, was, in but Zelda. they're not doing that anymore. No, no, they're, no, no, no. 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 dream. No, but so yeah, Majora's Mask was a sad ending. Ganon turning into a dragon was next level for nintendo oh my god just like so crazy so hype so awesome and then to be like wait a minute if he that means we're going up there yep. so like then you yep. you fly into the skies yeah he rips the tear off his of his own head and yeah. eats it can you imagine just eating a rock like just on, on your face own, like this really like unpleasant experience of oh my god a rock that large <laughs> oh my god so everything else and just going a shaped stone going up there soaring through the skies riding zelda's you know holding on to the back of her head and then jumping off to stab ganon in the face I love oh my God. Oh my God. I love how that sequence is so well designed. Like every single moment of it is just this wonderful visual spectacle. The dragons like crisscrossing and, and doing like this kind of dance around each other. But I think one of the things that I love so much about it is like the very familiar mechanics of like jumping and falling and paragliding. Like the, that should be very familiar to, to you and is very basic, but we've never had a dragon sky fight in this game before. No. How, how, earth am i supposed to know what to do but the visual cues it gives you are so completely clear yeah like you are on the dragon you can see the dragon below okay i need to get down there and then you see like the spots that you're supposed to hit and it's just it felt so elegant like i i felt like i knew exactly what i was doing it felt cinematic like i i was playing out this like beautiful movie there's also that like you uh, you see that sort of silhouette uh, Ganon dragon shape thing in Breath of the Wild surrounding the castle the whole time. And you're like, yeah. I'm going to go up there and stab you. And I can't. Yeah. yeah. Were you going to say, Pear? No, it's like it It also it, it creates a moment of trust. Like you have to believe that Zelda is going to prevent you from falling down. Because anytime yeah. you, you know, in Breath of the Wild, you follow a dragon, you get some updrafts, right? Like that's how right. this old me- mechanic was introduced. In this game, whenever you go and try to farm pieces of a dragon if you fall off that's it right you're not right you're not there's nothing you can do in the air to get you back up instantly and so it's happened to me where i've fallen but in this game it's like once you pass the dragon zelda will circle around and she'll come and pick you up and i thought that was a really cool moment and then like and then you get to trust she's got this and you get to return the favor basically um and and you catch each other on afterwards after the fight and it's this beautiful and again perfect callback to oh the beginning God. of the game with the outstretched hand and he misses her and yeah. she falls and then, and then, he, and then they bring and, it back at the end and like yeah. so what the the teaser trailer that we we poured over months and months and months ago that has that you see their almost catch hands yeah, yeah. that was in like one of the, er, the earlier trailers for tears of the kingdom when the first one yeah the first one and it was just, we're just like what is this game what will this game be when will we play it yeah. and the scene right at there and the oh my god like I, lo- I actually really love that in media. Um, when you see a glimpse of an ending of something in a pre-release like trailer or teaser, but you have no idea that that's where it fits in the story, and then it finally shows up, and you're like, 
Oh, that. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Um, I'm tearing up a little bit. No, I know. Good. And like the way the music swells and everything and like when it when it said when it said the end. Yeah. In white text on that black background. I know. Which was felt exactly like when you first started the game. Oh, that yeah. moment right which there with the two. That's so good. Which for us was 9 p.m. Thursday, uh, May 12th, 11th, was it? Tears of the Kingdom unlocked on our Nintendo Switches. You hit the button and it said, Nintendo presents Legend of Zelda, yeah. Tears of the Kingdom, that white text in the black yeah, background. Yeah. And then for this, it just said, the end. And I, I just immediately started crying. <laughs> just immediately. Oh, I was bawling the whole time. Like, yeah. I, from pretty much the second we got in the sky, I was just. Yeah. Just, I have. So, actually, no, I cried even before that. I cried when all my friends came back to help me. Yeah. So my my daughter finished it a while back. She I don't think she slept. And then my sons <laughs> haven't finished it yet. So I would be trying to finish the game and like somebody would like start walking in the living room and I'd be like ah, ah, ah. and they'd always turn around. Oh and gosh. like when my son walked in earlier, I always hid the fifth sage. Oh. I always like took him off to oh. the metal because oh, Yeah, we're going to talk about the fifth sage yeah. in a minute. Yeah, I had to do that too yeah. because my I got to that before my partner did and my partner was not around like he was i think he was out of town or something when i got when i got that sage right and so i before he came back i had to turn her off and so i played like a good 10 hours of the game with, just without that oh yeah my god yeah that, okay, that that was a wonderful surprise we'll get to that in a second uh we were talking about flying around on the back of a dragon i we have been holding this in for ages <laughs> um a few weeks ago we said hey when you get the master sword in this game yeah um Dress, you know, dress well, dress, wear your best. Cause it's, yeah. it's really cool. It's really beautiful. And you don't want to be up. I was had, I had my climbing gear on the first time. I looked yeah. like an idiot, you know, yeah. I had like a bandana. <laughs> bandana. Yeah. And I was like, I don't need a bandana. <laughs> I looked, I looked like I just got back from like tougher mutter. Right. Uh -huh. And I was like, no, let, let me get back out there with my tunic and do this. Right. I beat the game in my green tunic. I don't know with the hero's tunic. What did, what did you all beat the game wearing? I had the anti-gloom outfit, the, the weird Zant looking thing, you know, the depth. With the, with the with the jinkos choice the, but oh no, that, that, one, on. that one that one like, the ending switches you to shirtless that's yeah, well, yeah. for some because they because yeah. they do cut to some pre-rendered stuff yes and yeah. so they needed to make sure that you're not going hey where's my froggy mm -hmm. hat you know well, red which armor set were you wearing at the end champion's tunic okay. uh hylian tunic with the whole hood pull, pulled back which you can do mm -hmm. um and then just some like random pair of pants from one of the other outfits that I had just happened to upgrade. Cool. No, I mean they're just they were just white pants. They were nothing. Oh, okay. Because I the hero tunic stuff is like um, it's super strong in terms of like aggression and attack power mm -hmm. when when you have it maxed out. And I had that one maxed out, so I was really happy. But the master sword. Yeah. I again, I think this is the best master sword uh, moment they've ever done. Like because I really, it no really... longer runs out of energy finally. <laughs> No, it does. It it can. I mean, That's, I did, the box boss battle doesn't it just glow up and so, oh that okay, I thought you so, meant like when you're pulling it out. Uh, yeah. No, so yeah. it does. It can run out of energy just using it out in the world. But I am actually at the I end. Think, it doesn't. I think run you're out. right I, because mm -hmm. I used it that entire time. Right. It never ran out, and I think that might be like it's, a video game. No, it starts glowing stronger thing. and yeah, stuff. So yeah, yeah. Gonna... The whole the whole quest line to get the master sword where they're like you know it's it's up there, but it it, it seems like it's moving, and you're like. Well, maybe it's like a floating island or something like that. Yeah. And you get up there and you're like, no, it's it's Zelda. She's a dragon. She has this, this haunted pain look in her face. And there's a sword stuck in her head yep. that yeah. needs to be pulled out. 
Yep. What? And she did this on purpose. Yes. She knew. Oh, it's so good. Like, I, I, I assume you can do this without ever talking to the Koroks about. Oh, you super sword, can. Right? I did. Like, mm -hmm. okay, yeah, I got. I did. I did it. I did it proper. And like, and and later the fifth sage quest too. You can you can start it differently. Right. Right. Floating into the area rather than getting the hints for it. It's because I finished yeah. the tears quest first gotcha. yeah, before yeah. I had gotten to the Korok forest, and so and the tears quest tells you exactly yep. what yeah. happened and so you see her take the sword and transform and you're like well i guess she's got it and mm -hmm. the that quest also she descends like yes. for the final bit of that cutscene, she comes down very close to the ground and so you can easily just chase oh that's right yeah yeah no, right she's super high up before that yeah well, it's, I, just, it, it's a cool it's a cool moment and like the master sword is moving yep you know just getting that that thing it's like oh i know where it is well it, it's it it was I, I think it's like fundamentally tied to the sort of core ideology of the, of this game. And, and I feel like for so long, they have said that the definitive way to get the master sword was linked to the past. Right. And we will, we will try to recreate that moment in so many different Zelda games. It is deep in these shrouded woods. There's, you know, uh, little trickles of light coming in. There's squirrels running around and stuff like that. Yeah. They're here in a Korok forest or something. And you walk up to this stone, this very sword in the stone. Right. And do you have the strength to pull this out? Are you the hero that can do it? And you do it. And this game, to do that in the sky on the back of Zelda, who has now been like potentially permanently turned into a dragon. And she's like very, very pained, right? Like, yeah. but also like it's beautiful and it's 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 haunting and, and terrifying, but also so powerful was stunning just it is very dropping. miyazaki yes it is it is very very incredibly. miyazaki like the idea of something extremely aesthetically beautiful and like thematically beautiful happening but within it is a whole lot of agony and grief yeah, yeah. there's, like, the, there's yeah. definitely this layer of darkness that always reminded me of like mononoke too i mean the whole arm thing and the, oh yeah the ganon swirls everything really the looks falling like falling scene at what? the end too. oh my god yeah very... the thing that nintendo adds and that i think um a lot of companies don't nail as well is that i uh, talked about game feel before there's something tactile to pulling out the sword mm. and and some of the doors that you also have to swing open towards the end of the game yeah. where it's like it it requires a certain amount of stamina or a certain amount of hearts and right. as you're pulling it goes yeah. Right? yeah like it depletes the meter and it's just so cool the way that like there's just something to with, with the rumble and everything it just works together and it just makes it feel like a real accomplishment yeah and i i think it was like you know pulling the sword out of the the stone in the korok forest in breath of the wild um you had the heart meter drop yep. down yep. right and you know if you did it too early it was like no you can't do it yep. and I luckily had enough, you know, stamina and hearts and everything like that to get the Master Sword in Tears of the Kingdom. But there was that idea in your head that, like, that if I oh, didn't do yeah. this, yeah. I'm going to fall off of a dragon down to the earth, right? Yeah. And, like, falling is danger a big... Danger to it. Yeah. There's a danger to it. You know, you're not just going to, like, you know, Hestu's not going to just laugh at you in the corner and be like, ha-ha, you couldn't do it. Like, you're going to fall, right? And you might die. And, like, you know, that'll that'll be this thing where you're like... Yeah, <laughs> it's just like shaking the maracas. You're like, I don't know if I'll get back up there. And like, what, like, if I don't make this, I'm going to have to say, spend so much time down here going to shrines and doing all this other stuff. 
And then finally, I'll go back up there and hopefully she's still there. It's it reverses there. expectations a little bit, too, because if you played Breath of the Wild, you expect it to be heart related. Yes. So you've been stalking a heart's yeah, yeah, yeah. this moment. But actually, yeah. oh, nope, sorry. It's stamina because mm -hmm. you're riding a creature. I know. That's the other neat thing about this game. Like a lot has been said about it's the same world. You're just doing the same thing over and over. And like, you know, they're, they're obviously... In Zelda games, there is this sort of concept of a quest to get the sword, and then there's these four usually elementally themed temples, yep. which obviously was different in Breath of the Wild, and we're back to it. And so there are all these familiar beats, but yeah, I love how they mix up things like that, where it's no longer hearts, it's now stamina, or like it's different, it's moving. And like this game like constantly makes you go... I mean, I said this effing game to my kids so many times where I'm like, I like the fifth sage thing. I go, I, I'm like, oh, you guys don't even know. Like, yeah. Yeah. Keep playing, you know? So let's talk about that real quick because wow, what a, yeah. what a surprise. And again, I, I want to say thank you to the community uh, at large for um, being pretty damn cool about yeah. not... Yeah. No idea. Like, oh. had no idea. Because I like, look, we're all like, and I and IGN's guilty of it sometimes too, right? Like, we'll we'll put something in a headline that like we think um, is is pretty safe, or there's like a picture and a thumbnail of like a boss. It's like kind of late game, and uh, but I feel like it, I opened YouTube a thousand times to yeah, do I my never. job mm -hmm. while playing this game, and I didn't know that there in the depths was a robot that a you mech. could a mech. A freaking mech. Not even one that you build mech. yourself. A spirit mech, yeah. We've seen people make mechs, but like just an actual gameplay mech that you are given and can attach whatever yeah, you could fuse stuff to its body parts. You could use it to beat enemies up. You could ride it around in combat. Yep. You know, it was, it was just like, I, I remember like doing that quest. I felt like I did it incorrectly. Like I hot air ballooned <laughs> into the sky, uh, ascended through a platform. And all of a sudden I was in a thing where there was like a head and it was uh -huh. like, Oh, uh, what? Okay. So where does this go? Yeah. Oh, Oh, you follow the laser down. Wait, hold down. on. Wait, you didn't, so you do, didn't all do all the zappy You didn't parts? do the island? You didn't do all the zappy parts? Right, Altano. Okay, <laughs> so the actual way you're supposed to do that is like theoretically supposed to. There's no supposed to. Mm. Uh, it, it, there's this whole like island, not really dungeon, but like outdoor area that is yep. designed to... I I loved this section. I did that Thund in reverse afterwards. The Thunderhead Islands, because yeah. there's a thunderstorm going on the whole yep. time. I loved that because it felt like... A callback. This this whole section felt like a uh, a, a bridge in a song. Like yes. when you've done like the first couple verses, you've done the refrain a few times, and we are now like at this bridge to the finale, and you know it's coming, yeah. but you're just like enjoying doing something a little bit different. This felt like a callback to the original Sky Islands, the great the great big Sky Island, whatever it is, because it was about like navigating this chain of islands to get to a destination at the end, and you were continuously given a bunch of like bits and pieces to work with but whereas on the great sky island you were supposed to be sort of learning the mechanics of the game and it's teaching you, oh you can attach this big stone hook to a wooden board and right. travel across it this area was giving you a bunch more complex puzzles and mm. then sort of like disparate pieces so like it'll give you some pieces of wood and then maybe you can go chop down a tree or go do or bring some pieces of your own but it's much less guidance and also there's a thunderstorm going on so no metal so you're sitting there trying to piece together okay there's like a railing, but it's like broken out in multiple places. How on earth am I going to get over there 
under these circumstances. See, this I is, loved that. This is what's magical about this game, uh, besides the million other things, but it, it's the fact that like it sort of legalizes sequence breaking in a way that yes. I go to replay this in five years and I do the fire temple the right way, uh-huh. you know, no, and I do this no. quest line the right way. No. Um, Nobody does the fire temple. No one does. Don't right? do the fi- no, I don't know anyone who's done. I don't even know if there is a right way. Um, it's going to feel totally different for me. So yeah, for this one, I it felt... The way I stumbled upon this felt like when you were playing Legend of Zelda for the NES and you're fighting a bunch of bad guys and you drop the bomb frantically and a door, you know, a rock blew open. Yeah. And you're like, that's the that's the fifth dungeon. Oh, yeah. I found that by accident. Yeah. I didn't use Whoops. a map or anything. So yeah, for me, I, I, I went to that uh thundery area up there. It was t- too uh, foggy to see anything. It was like, you know, San Francisco on the fourth of July. <laughs> and then I was like, all right, well, there's gotta be an I'll figure this out later. And then just hot air ballooned up there, ascended up there, and then started that quest line. Did you ever clear the fog then? Yeah, so the fog got cleared afterwards. I don't know what I did to do that. But then I went back after and then worked my way backwards through all of that, which was really, really fun. There's Um, some cool hidden stuff on that that path. See, I, I was the opposite. Like somehow that portion of the map, late game, we're talking about like 150 hours into this game. I look at my map. I'm like, oh, I didn't find a single shrine in the south. Yeah. That center part of the map. And it's a little sparser i hate getting hit by lightning Mm -hmm. so i probably went there early i'm like nope i'm out and then i'm like oh yeah there's this whole thing covered by clouds yeah i looked at that the whole game i would look at that and i go that looks interesting and important i'll save it for later i'll save it for later i'll save it for later same i waited on that one and then i will say that that final quest like going through the river and getting the pieces of the armor yeah that was awesome it was like a little indiana jonesy archaeology bit it was so fun it just felt like you're freely exploring this area and trying to piece together all of the different things and then you go up there and there's a little bit of building there's a little bit of puzzle solving a little bit of watching out that you don't get blown up and then when you pick up the piece of the mask, I'm a sucker for this stuff. Like anytime anything does like a light pointing at something, yeah. carrying it, like it's so cool. And then you attach it to a glider mm-hmm. and you follow the laser beam. Yep. And then it keeps going like, it and going down, going and down and down and down. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't so believe good. that. I mean, that whole area of like it, you know, it was the spirit temple, I believe it's called. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it's at like, you're bottom, not, yeah. you're not technically, you don't technically enter that temple. Right. No, there's no like dungeon component. The no. dungeon component is getting there. Yeah, but they do build those four pillars around it that each unlock a different body so part. So it's a construct factory. Yes. And then yeah. you walk it from there to the spirit. Yeah, and, and each one of those was really clever in its design. And, you know, again, multiple approaches in the way you could do it. Um, there was like that door that had all those gears on it that you could open up a certain way. And developers were going nuts for the chain and the Dude, gear. Yeah. I didn't the fully chain understand. doors mm-hmm. was freaking awesome. I did not fully understand. Because I, I saw a clip of it on twitter and everybody talking about how yeah. cool it was and i'm like okay yeah that looks cool but then i saw it in action and i understood what was happening it's not just a door that functions when you toggle it on and off it's a door that you function it works and then after you go through it you then can dismantle the door pieces for parts that's, and have them all work individually and then put the parts back together to make the door function that's again. what yes. I, did. I propped up the door after i opened it i just 
put a thing in it, kept it, grabbed the wheel. And then there's this brief portion in, in one of the, the construct um, temples where there's a there's a, a pool of lava that goes straight and two walls, um, like great stuck walls. stuck on that forever. Yep. The so top. And like you can you can take a, a platform and attach wheels to it and cross the first part with it. The second part, you build yeah, it yeah, yeah. sideways. You put the yeah. freaking the, the piece that you have sideways, you attach to the wheels on, on the outside and it fits exactly. Oh, it's so fun. As demonstrated in the video yeah. here. And like <laughs> a lot of people I don't think ever got this part. Like, you know, he, yep. he's doing it, he's doing it differently is right this, here. Is too. this from our guide? Because I totally used our guide. Thank you, IGN guides team. You're so yeah, best. if you put the wheels on the outside, I mean that's that's one way to get across. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe yeah. not. Maybe. Uh, no, but you attach them on the outside and it's built exactly yeah. to fit. And it's just it's so beautiful when that stuff works. Super clever. Yeah. 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 Um Reb, you and I hung out on yeah, Saturday. It's way more economical the way they did it. I did it with wheels on the outside. You were geeking out about a thing, that, a, a, a very, very optional side quest that I, I think very few people, it's up there with getting every Korok seed in terms of like, how dedicated do you have to be to actually do this? But you did the entire quest line about, uh, for Addison. Supporting right? our president. Supporting our president. We all have the president which was what 80 it's like 80 something signs <gasps> yeah how's Eight. the president standing it's standing 80 86 uh times there's somebody in the game struggling to hold up a sign at the same guy right every yeah. time and he's just like please help me out here i don't want to let go of this and you build a whole bunch of things around him i did like one or two of these failed them and i was like uh, not worth really? it really you just gave up i gave up but oh. you did oh, i love those but you did all of them yes so tell me what happens when you do all of them um so i've i've had a soft spot in my heart for this guy since before the game came out because Tom Marks was reviewing this game and I saw him do one of these puzzles and we were both gushing about how much we loved Addison and supporting the president. Yep. Uh, I didn't know there were going to be 80. So I, I, when I first met this guy, I thought, you know what? I'm going to try to do as many of these as possible and see if I can finish this guy's quest. And I did them. And at a certain point, I thought, I... I wish there was a way to track these and there's just not, there's nothing in game to tell you which ones you've done and which ones you haven't. Mm. They're just kind of all over the place. Wow. Most of them are along roads. Some of them are randomly in the mountains. This guy's supporting <laughs> the president all over Hyrule. Uh, fortunately only on the surface, no skylines or islands or depths. So there's no was, map for them, right? I mean, no you, have, map. you have to use IGN's map. <laughs> well, no. So that's what I did, but the, and IGN's map is really good. But the problem was I had already done like, I think by that point I had done maybe like 30 to 40 of them oh, right. just organically. And I had no idea which ones I'd done. I hadn't marked them. So I opened up IGN's map and I started going through and I started in central high rule and I just went number by number. And if I saw a sign already standing, I just marked it off. And if I saw him there, I did the puzzle and then marked it off and I got through it. And like, I think towards the end, I had missed a couple on accident. So I thought I was done, but I'd really only done like 75. And mm. he was still going, well, I guess I got to go put more signs up. And I'm like, are you kidding me, man? <laughs> so I had to go back and keep checking. But finally, he gets to the end. You put the last sign up. And he almost fooled me because he says, well, I guess I got to go put more signs up. And I'm like, literally where? But then he, he suddenly pauses and his next line is, wait, I'm out of signs. <laughs> and he, he gets really excited. And I, I got emotional. So like I finished... Terrytown was the last thing that I did in Breath of the Wild, and I got kind of emotional before I like closed the game and and called it good. And I was looking for some sort of like little small personal emotional payoff. And I'm so glad I got it with this guy. So he tells you like he's just really thrilled. He gives like this little speech about how important it was for him to support the president and how like he was supporting the president and you were supporting him. Yeah. How meaningful that was. And then he says he's going to go tell President Hudson. And uh, you go back to see Hudson, and he's not there. 
And so I thought, okay, I guess he's just gone. That's weird. But then I found him not long after at a stable listening to the Stable Trotters, the musical group that you can help in a different quest. And he's standing there in his sign-holding pose. And you talk to him and you ask him what his deal is. Uh, and he tells you that he was going to go back to talk to President Hudson, but he kind of wanted to take a break. Good for him. But whenever he's in this pose, he feels like he's being supportive and he wants to support the Stable Trotters. Oh, oh, man. Um, so but he says all that. It's really sweet. But then he also gives you a reward. He gives you a paraglider fabric, which is like this really interesting... Like, art deco pink blue yellow pattern of president hudson's face it's uh -huh. very like abstract and kind of weird i didn't think much of it but i went ahead and put it on before i went to the final battle with ganondorf right. because i thought okay i mean i did this stupid 80 sign quest for hours i may as well put it on and when i jumped into the depths the fabric glows in the dark it's so sick oh, <laughs> that's awesome it's really cool so it was worth it yeah, i do you so do you happy. think his arms are permanently stuck. I think they position. are. I think he's just making thing. up excuses for feeling so, supportive so in that position. There's an element to that quest, by the way. If I if I may take you back some 20 years in, into my career. Oh, boy. Uh, when I first covered um, Ocarina of Time, there was all this talk about the 6040D. Yes. You know, the, yeah. the disk drive add-on. Uh, we've got one in the office. I, uh, I, I own one. Um, and it was supposed to expand the capabilities of the, the N64 to have more storage so that the world could be more custom. And so in, in interviews with Mr. Miyamoto, he always said, well, we want to do this thing where when you're in the Zelda game, the Ocarina of Time was supposed to be for the 6040D, not on cartridge at all. If you're in this, in this world, anything you do will leave a mark. So if yeah. you break something, it'll stay broken. If oh, you open yeah. something, it'll stay open. If you blow up a wall, the wall be will be blown up, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Like, and it took them more than twenty years to finally realize this because this game does this yes. oh, I know in a very show-offy way. It's so cool when you go in, uh, under Hyrule Castle and you blow up the big rocks and the blue rocks. They stay blown up that mm -hmm. same way, even when the Blood Moon comes back. Oh wow, That's a lot of data to track. It's kind of funny because. PCs obviously had hard drives and were able to do this, but few games did that, like let you customize the world. In this one, yep. with the sign quest, exactly, if yep. you're crappy at propping up the sign and it's slightly slanted, it that's the way it stays. <laughs> entire game. So as you walk around, you're constantly reminded of your semi-failures yep. yes. of signs it, it somewhat slanted. It won't, let, it won't let it fall over no. significantly. and He stops you and you have to redo mm -hmm. the puzzle, but it can tip a little mm -hmm. bit. And yeah, you're exactly right. It's so good, and I love that. It's it's almost like this whole concept of the world just kind of changing with you, like was in the back of Nintendo's head all the all the time. And like that is some efficient coding that they able to store all that change. Like just I expected to go underneath Hyrule Castle and find everything I'd blown up and hammer down to be back to normal again yeah. and having to fight my way through. It's not in a three D no. space so too, good. with like lots of subtlety and yeah. variation. Just incredible uh yeah it, it and especially this is the you know this is not necessarily the swan song for the nintendo switch but this was the one everybody was like we need it we need more powerful hardware and they're like just give us a second let's mm -hmm. let me let me show you what we can do here um, it's proof that good design will like trump everything else exactly ultimately um i wanted to talk a bit about uh the story as a whole i don't want to get like too deep into the actual lore stuff because there's some great videos out there uh, uh zeltic uh made one of them um it's an hour and a half long so the next time oh. you want to sit down and watch a feature part film, two out yet i'm not sure yeah so god it's, i think there's yeah, a part two coming that I've but i just want to talk sort of like from the heart uh as, as zelda fans how we felt about the story as a whole because i i gotta say like 
there was a kind of a running joke about Breath of the Wild that it didn't yeah. really have a story, right? Or it had a bit of one. It was sort of window dressing for exploration. But this time around, I feel like um, finding those big kind of tear shaped things, uh, those whole the circles, right? The big Pikmin water puddles or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in 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 the in the crop circles, led to some really beautiful, really interesting, and occasionally very dark cutscenes that all came together really well for me. So um, I love this. Yeah, yeah. Perry, let's start with you. How did you feel about the story as a whole? I really look, look I like a glutton. I just wanted to do them all in a row. Yeah, you same. Know, once yeah. I found one of the story elements, I'm like, all right, you know, I don't know where Impa is right now, but I'm going to the next, uh, uh, you know, glyph and 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 find the things. And I, I wanted to see how the story fit together. I thought that was really thoughtfully done because a lot of in a lot of open world games, and I love open world games. I play every Assassin's Creed, every Bethesda RPG. Love those games. But the story always gets lost. Like, I can't tell you what Far Cry 4 is about anymore. Or even, like, what were they fighting for in Assassin's Creed Ragnarok? Like, no, I don't know. I'm not even sure anymore. It gets lost. And in this game, you could open world and just do lots of fun stuff. And then you could follow the story thread. And it was kind of pervasive. And the reminders for the story were there in ginormous glowing display the entire time. I thought it was really well done. The flashback sequences... I really like the Zona. It's like one of the oddest creatures that Nintendo has designed. Yeah. It was cool to get something new, you know, in addition to like Rito and, and Gorons and Zora. It's like to actually get like this this kind of new culture and like kind of peeling back the layers and seeing what makes made them tick. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, I also thought it was really refreshing that the story for this game was very self-contained. It was not... And it was Majora's Mask all along or the Twilight Realm right. or like it didn't try to like kludge together the often very disparate timeline of Zelda. And it, if anything, it, it kind of threw the timeline in the trash. Could, <laughs> yeah. And it connected with Breath Good. of the Wild in a really <laughs> unique way. It used geography and the look of like, you know, the golden trees and everything to kind of like cleverly like create this meta story around it. I, I thought it was just really beautifully done. Yeah, I, I completely agree. This year, I decided I actually wanted to like follow hockey a little bit more than just the most casual of casuals. So I subscribed to a service that streams all of the NHL to your television. Uh, the Boston Bruins home opener. I went to watch it and boom, blackout restrictions apply, which I thought was kind of ridiculous because I'm still 200 miles away from Boston, but whatever. Had I had NordVPN, that wouldn't have been a problem. I would have just gone in, changed my settings to another geographic area, and boom, I could have been watching all the Boston Bruins home games like it was nothing at all. So now I have NordVPN, and I can watch the home games of my local teams streaming without being frustrated. It's the same thing with, like, Netflix. It has all these complicated licensing rules, which from one country to another don't really make sense. So something you could watch on South Korean Netflix, you won't be able to watch on the United States Netflix unless NordVPN, boom, switch to South Korea, and you're watching whatever Korean drama that you want I highly recommend you do that. I haven't done it myself, but people seem to enjoy them. And who am I to try to bring down people's enjoyment? Uh, NordVPN, more than just entertainment and sports availability, it's going to protect you, especially when you're traveling, when you're using public Wi-Fi. People are trying to get in there. They're creeping on you. Bad actors, people trying to steal your password, your bank account details. Who knows what the government's doing these days? I can't keep track. They're all over the damn place. NordVPN... It's going to protect you. It's going to protect up to six devices because I know you have at least that many devices 
in front of you right now that can hook up to the internet. Boom. Fastest VPN in the world. You're not going to get any buffering. You're not going to get any lagging. Uh, it's going to stop your ISP from bandwidth throttling, which they do. That's kind of sneaky, especially how much you're paying those guys. There's threat protection to protect you from viruses and malicious malware and whatever else. Uh, um, unsavory actors are out there. If you want to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash Nintendo VC. That's nordvpn.com slash Nintendo VC. Victor Charlie. Uh, that link is also going to give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There is no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nice of them, and I appreciate that. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Reb, um, how did you feel about it as a whole? I have a nice thing to say and a not nice thing to say. Okay. Yeah, go for it. So my nice thing to say is I agree with everything Paris said. Yeah. I think it, I think it was phenomenal in that way. Um, I also think that I it pl- we've talked about the themes of like joining hands and connecting. I as a contrast to Breath of the Wild, I think Tears of the Kingdom did a wonderful job of exemplifying that in its characters. Everybody from like one NPC in the middle of Lookout Landing to its its kind of main and supporting cast of you know heroes and and sages and stuff i i really enjoy everything the addison side quest is a wonderful example of that um but then all those little like all the little moments where you're helping out like the villagers fighting off monsters in the dens or there's like some goofy side Mm -hmm. quest where they're all trying to fight out monsters in underpants like there's all these wonder there's so many wonderful little moments there are of link Link being a character and like connecting with people. He's not a silent protagonist. Like you'll notice that all of his dialogue options are kind of quirky and silly. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's sort of a weirdo, like kind mm-hmm. of a, he's Link is a real goofy weirdo, but he's lovable and everybody likes him. And he never gets to celebrate his fame. Like everybody no. knows him, but they're always like, but you're too short to be. Yeah, he's yeah. Oh yeah. There's a hero somewhere. There's a hero out there. I hear he's got endearing. a sword, but you yeah. don't have that. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, like kind of looks like you, but not you. So yeah, yeah. definitely not you. Or like the Giga Clan pointing out, hey, you've got blonde hair. The heroes got blonde hair. We're really not supposed to be doing that. You got to right. cut your hair, yeah, man. Right, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's just all these one, everything from like the little moments to the big, those big like dragon set pieces. I think was just so well done to make this a cohesive thematic world. Um, I think it's genius. I think it's one of, if not Nintendo's best work yet. So I'm but. saying, well, I'm saying that, but because I know people in the comments are going to be like, oh, Rev had those negative things to say about Zelda. I think it's wonderful. I want them so badly to like take one extra step in how they deal with Zelda in in games like yes. this. In Breath of the Wild, like I remember there was this big fervor at the E3 where it was going to be shown off where people saw like a picture of the lanyards and Link was on the lanyards in his Breath of the Wild regalia, which we had never really seen before and it was mm-hmm. kind of like this weird like blurry photo and people thought it was Zelda. Right. And they thought, oh my God, we're going to get to play as Zelda. Mm. And they lost their minds over it. And then that was not true. And then there was kind of a rumor that started up around Tears of the Kingdom that the same thing would happen again, that we would get to play as Zelda. And that didn't happen again. And I don't think we necessarily need to play as Zelda. But I do think it's kind of a massive bummer that her plot in both games has been to go, go off on this grand adventure of self-discovery, have a lot of like deep emotional moments and like growth as a person. 
and then ultimately decide that she needs to sacrifice herself for her hero and her kingdom in an especially like painful and traumatic and time-consuming way. Right. Like in the first game, she was imprisoned with Ganondorf for a hundred years. She was turned into a dragon for 10,000 years in what seems to be kind of a torturous and like mind altering way. And I don't know. It just like, it kind of sucks that that's what she keeps having to do. Like, I, I don't know. Is there a way for her to fight in some other way or a way for us outside of of smash brothers? Yeah. Or just in age of (laughs) calamity or to sort of move on from the, Oh, the princess has to be the sacrificial lamb so that the hero can land the final blow. I I think they're trying, and I think think they're doing a lot of work to give her agency and character through all these cutscenes. And I'm so so grateful for that. I just... I I hope if there's a third one of these, she's not imprisoned for a hundred thousand years. I just really Uh, hope we don't. I mean, just like give like at the very least, uh, like one of the playable people fighting alongside you in this game. You have five of them at one point, and and one of them just does water bubbles. Yeah, you know, (laughs) and she can clearly fight. Like she's proven that she can. She has the light arrows. She has the sacred power. She was in Age of Calamity fighting. Uh, In this one, she's a dragon, and she does technically fight alongside you. Like she's not afraid. No, I this yeah. I'm not helpless. I want to see them finally take that step. I don't know if that means making a full sequel to Tears, uh, sequel to Tears of the Kingdom, where there's like character swapping or anything like that. Or at yeah, least it might not be that. Yeah, I mean, if, if there's like key playable moments where it's just like you have this entire area, or it's like a, a summon, like you, like fights by your side in some meaningful way that isn't just like like they've moved away from the you know she's stuck in a dangling uh, yeah jail she's not in a crystal. But we can do yeah, better. Yeah. We can yeah. do better by yeah. our women, and I yeah. like and I don't even need her to be playable necessarily. I just, I just. I think it'd be great. It would no, it would be great. Oh my yeah. gosh, I would lose my mind. Um, there but, were hints at it where she's support and shooting the arrows while you're fighting. She even like has like a model her. that follows and, behind yeah, you at yep, the very yep. beginning of the right. game. But yeah. I just, I just want, I just want better for her. Like I want her to thrive. I don't want her to have to constantly be sacrificing herself over and over and over and over yeah. again yeah. because Link is the only guy who can actually do this job. Yeah, that's yeah. it. I, no, that's my complaint. I, I think that's completely fair. No, I think that's valid. Yeah, it's it's. But I, go I think that no, I think they can like Nintendo is very structured with their storytelling, right? Like, and in in their mind, like the Legend of Zelda is is the quest of Link, and you know ultimately it takes Zelda to defeat the evil, but it's the quest of Link. I think they they just kind of they're very. They're a little stoic that way. Yes, but I, I, I think I, it's okay to move past it a little more. I, I, I do. I do think eventually you'll you'll probably see a little bit more action. And like honestly, that was one of my issues with the the English voice performance was that I I've, I felt Zelda was very very vulnerable and and weak honestly in in the in the early moments of the game and i was like are we really doing this again like i, I was yeah, I, I wanted more out of it and I, I switched to japanese for a while and it's very different right so right. It, it's she's much more confident in that uh in that role obviously there's an arc here and like ultimately she is super confident and the sacrifice is meaningful mm-hmm. and it's a badass ending so oh, yeah you know, i'm not going to complain too much but yeah. yeah i just want someone to like if if not her someone to sort of awaken in her the idea that she doesn't have to keep doing this like surely we could have found a better answer for how to solve this problem i mean as as chic she was uh she was pretty badass too right Mm -hmm. so yeah she's clearly in her character it's not yeah but i love the story i loved it 
I loved it. Yeah, no, it's it's completely <laughs> get okay. off my butt. I it's, it's completely okay and normal and healthy. Here, you can go right on me right here. I'll say this right to you. It's very okay and normal and healthy to criticize the things you love. Sometimes the things we love have things we don't love in them, and that's okay. You can still love the whole thing as a whole and still be like, I don't like that over there. That's how I feel about water chestnuts in well, the, stir fries oh my god Not a fan. Half, yes what okay chestnuts like good. sometimes there are Stop things it. in there that aren't great and the the whole thing is great to you that's okay yeah. that's normal yeah, so, some, yeah. pe some people don't like the fire temple for example it's it's okay i mean i i don't know if i play if, if i don't i have no idea if you play it right if it's if it's if it's better but I, it's temple of doom it's gotta it's have a little chaos structure is probably my least and you're dead one of them has to be a least favorite right and the what is, yeah what is everybody's least favorite fire temple yeah was it fire yeah i don't want to go back and forth on the minecart puzzles all day oh. like, i think so i i think fire temple because it's not like the language is not as clear as in the other temples I think on that's how true. to get through it yeah but like if you did it perfectly it probably would be amazing where you know like you're I think most people climbed. Maybe somebody right. figured out the structure of all the rails and just did it with. Rail. I mostly did. There was one yeah. thing, but I. It's yeah. either that one. I. I loved. The, I still like it. I love yeah, no, the idea good. of the water temple. It was too short. Yes, I it was very one. short. If we're getting into nitpicks, uh, yeah, yeah which, which we can do really quick before we wrap out. But I, uh, the the fact that you get all these characters running around with you all the time and they're lovable but let's be honest they're idiots sometimes like they run in the opposite direction when you need them oh. they they get in front of you and you hit the wrong button like the nintendo ran out of buttons on the controllers here you couldn't just put you know i would love like a double tap yeah. up on the d-pad and tullin does his thing okay, you know? you the one, no disrespect to tullin i love you, you tullin my boy all right, so you've got a bunch of crates, you yeah. break them, and you're like, thank God I'm out of arrows, and you stretch out your hand and to grab, we were! <laughs> With the noise, freaking, the noise is great. Freaking arrows go flying off the mountainside, like at the hoof of a lionel. That's my, know? that's Tullin though, that's my oh, boy, you know? I, I liked uh, uh, hitting uh, <laughs> We were! Everything's gone always. Lightning lady <laughs> accidentally triggering her power and turning everything bright yellow in oh the middle God. of a room where it's already really hard to see yeah, the, the <laughs> arkham detective mode or whatever if you talk to her again she'll turn it off yeah but you have to catch her first but she's already over there the, the other thing is like using goron power to obviously break rocks and mine zonite and like and you're you're standing in front of it and you're like hey come here I come on you know he's like you you run towards him he's like okay i'm running away yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, don't run away come on that 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 boy is not right i'll say that Yonobo is he's oh. not he's not just like not all of it. Yeah, he is. He is. He's yeah. running away. Like even during the boss fight with that giant stone spider crab. Yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah. I, yeah, we need to. Break when I was the, surrounded by rocks, and we need the only to break way the to foot. And, him, and he's like, every oh, time he runs away. I mean, when you first meet him, and you're it, like, he interrupts all, your climb up to Death Mountain to your area, so he can it can cut back to him, and he can go, Hey Link, I think we should go that way. Yeah, you're like, yeah. That's where we're going. He's a ninja turtle. Yeah. Oh yeah. my oh, god. Totally. Turtle. Yeah. There, there are moments where. <laughs> Unlike in a lot of other games where the supporting cast is almost always bad, right. there are moments where an arrow hits a, you know, arrowcuda, and you're like, good, good job. Oh, man. yeah. Tulum rules. To with it, yeah. Right? Like, when he starts critting, oh, my gosh. Oh, my God, we love okay. it. We I'm going to sneak in one really fast, can I? Yeah, go for it. Uh, 
way too many Rari's Blessing shrines. And I know I did all shrines. I did every single shrine. No problem with those. I, I know whoever is going to, there's good, people are going to say, but Reb, the Rari's Blessing shrines are where the puzzle was getting to the shrine in the That's first right. place. I agree with you. You're correct. Right. I did every shrine. There are so many shrines where there's not really a puzzle to get there. What about the Rari's Blessing shine, uh, shrine that is a puzzle once you get in there and it just turns sideways? That goes, okay, that yeah. ruled. I that was that. awesome. That was a great fake out. Okay. But there's, there's seen way that too one many yet. Rari's Blessings. I need, I want to like look at the numbers and see how many of those there were compared to the similar ones in Breath of the Wild where you just got the reward right. immediately. I was so excited to see a shrine. I wanted to do a cool puzzle and it was just every so, time. Rari's Blessing, Rari's the, Blessing, Rari's the, Blessing. The ones that feel like a puzzle are the ones where you bring the crystal. That one I feel like yeah, cool. I'm, I'm cool with the Blessing. There are a couple where you find your way into a cave and then you you expect the shrine to do and it's another just there. puzzle. That's what I mean. And it's like the, the shrine goes like, no, no, you're getting into the I just walked in here, man. I agree with you. Um, I minor nitpicks. We have minor nitpicks. That's okay. It's a great game. But again, and here's the genius of Nintendo. Every shrine you do has a hidden treasure chest. And it becomes part of the quest. Yeah. Well, sometimes they're not so hidden. The Rower's Blessing is not. (laughs) Right there. But like, it becomes part, like you can just beat the shrine and move on. Or you can go, but I'm not going to beat it until I've found that chest. And like, they're so cleverly placed sometimes. Mm -hmm. They're just so ingenious. Uh, It's very cool. My my last complaint is that I I don't know what to do with my life anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So I loved this game so much. I'm trying to play other games. I'm getting yeah. to them. You know. So I'm in a good time, but it's I, not the same. I never got like some of the outfits. I I have a lot. I have amiibo too, so I got a lot of drops from them. But I did a lot of armor quests. I did a lot of caves. Obviously, not all of them, but I have some that some armor sets that are incomplete and like. Before I fought Ganon, I was motivated to find them. I was also motivated to find upgrade parts, which can be really brutal, mm-hmm. right? Right. You got to find freaking like a gazillion toenails from like big boxes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so... Me creeping around at night trying to get beetles and so stuff. The, yeah. the moment you beat the game, some of that air is out. Yeah. I still have the motivator of getting all the shrines. I did all the light routes before I finished it. By the way, nitpick, that reward sucked. <laughs> It's not anything. It's nothing. Uh, That was a lot of work um, in a very uh, hostile place. You didn't like your commemorative JPEG? Mm, Yeah, an NFT, right? Oh, my God. Worthless NFT. Uh, But but I'm still motivated to to do all the shrines. But I don't know if I'm going to find all the armor pieces. And screw the Koroks, man. No, don't do it. The signs are easier. If you want to do something completionist, do the the signs are so much easier than the Koroks. There's only 80 of those. There's like I did a bunch, but I haven't done them all. So the 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 signs, I will I will agree that once I felt I had like a good number of weapon slots, I stopped bothering with the Koroks, and I felt bad because they were just like, ah, help! I gotta go to my friend's party, and I was like, no, I don't care. No, sorry. Once you get auto build, I feel like the Korok quests become a little bit more fun, especially if you're if you've got Zonite to burn, you can just auto build a quick airplane and then get you there. Yeah, it's true. Um, also, uh, I, I, you know, I've I've read the complaints from people that they don't like building. You know that the the common the common uh, argument with this game is it's not for me because of all the building. I feel like you can play most of the game without building I didn't anything. Do a ton, no. And the shrine puzzles are more akin to classic Zelda games where you take a cog and put it put it in a machine to fix it, right? Like it's a lot of attach a weight to something or tip the scale on something. Except for that infernal pinball machine. Okay. Oh my <laughs> um, god. Yeah. 
I and and there even even some of the ones where you're supposed to like throw a ball at a target, you can you can just shoot an arrow at it. Yeah. It's all there's about a, making the noise. There's right? a couple you can't brute force. There's a, one where on you have to roll a ball down like a zigzaggy. Oh, ramp, I love that one. Or it's like three balls yep. and you have to attach them together, but you really have to get it just right. And you can shoot a bomb arrow at the target and be done. Like there is a, <laughs> a cheese ball solution for everything. I did cheese it. I did ball. it right. I did it right. But right. Um, half of the fun is watching videos of people who solved it in a different way. And like, sometimes it's that accidental thing. I loved in the NVC Facebook group, somebody did the, uh, I'm sorry, I forgot, I forgot who posted it. It was one of the regulars. Somebody does a crystal quest, carries the crystal off the ledge, falls down, lets go of it before hitting the ground. And then the crystal hits them on the head and they fall off the island uh. and, <laughs> and they can't can finish that quest now. I'm going to quietly so promote, I'm um, loudly promote my own work here. Uh, I got, do. I got the Kerbal Space Program to developers. I got two oh of them God. to uh, record a video with me that we posted on IGN on the 4th of July. That's them instructing me how to build things to do, do various, th send Koroks into space basically, but but get them to a sky island and then get them somewhere else. Did you else. come up with that idea? Did you just say, would yeah. be nice to get the Kerbal people? Well, it's because they called, they people kept calling it the Korok Space Program. Right. And I thought, well, Kerbal Space Program. It was such oh. a great video. If you haven't seen it, it's look it up. pretty good. It's, you know, at first they're kind of like, it's almost like baby steps. They, you can tell they haven't spent that much time with the game yet. And then they start getting creative and there's wonderful payoff. Like some of the stuff that they build, it's so good. Oh, yeah. It's real, it's real silly. Oh man, I love it. Uh, we're gonna Such we're gonna we're gonna get to uh, some question block questions from the community in a minute. Yeah. But first, I, I wanted to kind of pick everyone's brains because I don't have an answer for this. Okay. I straight up don't. But now what? Like, mm -hmm. where does this franchise go from here? They've said repeatedly the the open world thing is 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 the future, at least you know uh, in, indefinitely or whatever. But I, I I genuinely don't know how you build from a game that lets you create. Metal Gears, right? Like somebody, I, there was a video we posted on our on our social medias on IGN of uh, somebody on Reddit figured out a way to make an infinite, an infinitely powered flying machine. Yeah, with that, electric yeah, turbines. that is effectively right? yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, piloting itself the entire time. And it, it reminds me of when we got to that point in Minecraft where you would open up Twitter or Facebook or something like that, and people would be like, "Hey, I built I built a uh, Pokemon Yellow." Yeah, in Minecraft, you know, it's like a working TV screen. I used Redstone, and uh, this is this is a, I made a functional computer. Um, that th that stuff in this game, which was something that I found intimidating and off-putting, to be frank, early on uh, yep. pre-release, because I was like, this is not necessarily something I'm interested in, yep. became something that I didn't necessarily dabble in entirely myself, but was enamored with watching other people do. Oh yeah. The, the part it clicked for me was when you're doing your first like Mississippi River ship. Yeah. You, like add panels to do like a panel big floppy. Thing. Yeah. That's when it really clicked for me. But it was daunting at first. Right? Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, what, what you're describing, I think you're seeing a glimpse of what's going to come next because they have an electric powered motor system in this game, but you don't get the parts for it. You right. Can steal them from a shrine. If you've seen one of the propellers, and the electric battery, you can steal them, then you can use auto build to construct it later. Mm -hmm. But it, but there's not a, it's not built into the game to let you freely experiment as a keepable part. And the fact that they built all that's like, why, right? The entire right. game is centered around Zonite powered devices. And all the building is you put a Zonite battery on it, you've got a Zonite power tire, and then they got this whole system for electric stuff. I know. 
Um, I got to think that eventually they'll do a little bit more with that, whether it's DLC or a sequel. But as far as where the game could go from here, first of all, there's absolutely going to be a remake or some 2D game or something in the past. In between, yeah. Yeah, like I know there's this quote, always be careful when something gets translated from Japanese. Mr. Aonuma saying we're focusing on open world does not mean, you know, they're not going to have a remake of a, a reissue of Wind Waker or, or Link Between Worlds or whatever. Yeah, they flip-flop back and forth yeah. periodically. And I'm it, they're still doing, do they're clearly we, still doing top-down Zelda games. We got and Link's Awakening. talking about his team. Right, like we don't know what Grezzo is doing. Right? Of course, yeah. We, I mean, we got the Link's Awakening remake between Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, you know, and that even before they just go and grab the, you know, Twilight Princess and Wind Waker remasters from HD. Wii I still U think era. those are made up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe maybe they are right, yeah. but I I do think that like we could theoretically get a Link Between Worlds, a Link to the Past, or even like a brand new Four Sword style top down. Yeah. Like they're always experimenting with yeah. that. They have multiple teams working on that. They've like, done multiple because people like that stuff. Yes, player one. But but where the series could go next, right? Like I I think it's a stretch to say they will use the same world again. Yeah, and and make you like make you rediscover all those places. I do think that maybe they will create an all-new world a la Majora's Mask, right? And maybe they're, they reuse systems, but but it'll have a different focus. But there's a huge element from the 3D Zelda games that is not present at all in Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom, and that's Iron Boots and Underwater, right? right? Like, the, all the Zora's domain stuff is above water and, like, floating on top of water and swimming is, you know, once you get to swim up the waterfalls, that's one of the coolest things ever, of course. But um, you don't go underwater. Galaxy Brain Theory, I think we were supposed to. Yeah? Because really? they have, like... They have like those water bubbles that you can kind of float in a little yeah. bit. Um, and there's there's like it's, Sidon's yeah, you're right. yeah, yeah. Sidon's power kind of sucks. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And but like all of the like there's a there's an, a flying based power and there's kind of like a mining based power. Yeah. It just seems like there should have been something there. You were swimming, even right? Even a suit with like a bubble head to let you. Uh, yeah, it just. Yeah. I remember that was kind of a theory people had early on that swimming was. I I wonder if it just like messed things up too yep. much because if you mm -hmm. watch those videos where they like break apart the world of Tears of the Kingdom and Breath of the Wild, there's basically a layer of water under the whole world, effectively, because yep. that's just how they designed all their water stuff. And so I wonder if it just broke too many things. But it's you know the people really liked Wind Waker and and the sailing, just not too much of it, and like. That would be a big visual distinction if we went to more of a water-bound, ocean-themed kind of game again. Something like that. Uh, you know, Assassin's Creed did it with Odyssey too, to to have um, you know this sort of island set up. I could imagine something like that, and then making water and and diving a, mm -hmm. a bigger thing. There's like so that. much you can still do with this open-world setup. Of course, of course. And I think like um, the depths was was pro for me like the uh, one of the biggest surprises in the game. One of my That's favorite so parts cool. of it. Yeah, and like just. The, the parallels were obviously right with the overworld and the underworld were really really cool and i feel like there's an opportunity for them to go deeper into that no pun intended oh, wow. and, and build on something that more like tears. yeah and more tears exactly and i think you can get you can get more evil down there you can get more dark and crazy and sinister and get you fighting a bunch of bad guys or maybe bad water people are coming yeah, yeah. i mean link uh link to the past had the straight up like portal that let you go between those those areas yeah. and i think there's an opportunity to take uh, an open world and then at the push of a button it turns into a completely different open world that's you know 
not necessarily like darker and more sinister, but like stranger and weirder. And I thought, I mean, the depths are so interesting because obviously as a, as a world and not as cool as the overworld, which has these towns and like diverse dungeons and stuff, it's kind of like the upside down, right? Where everything looks similar and moldy and spory and nasty. But I really liked how exploring it turned into like playing spin tires. Yeah. You guys have ever played any of those games where like, okay, I got parts to build a vehicle now and I'm going to ride it to get over the red gook and I'm going to drive it now and then the freaking thing like falls into a small hole. Oh, yeah. second, yeah. And then before the I know it, I've spent an hour yes. trying to get it back out and reconstruct All the time. it. Even though I could have just gone on. Just off. walked. You know, it's yeah. like, like I felt for that car. I needed to take it. I know. No, that, uh, the, the game had a lot of that... Um, uh, in in Cub Scouts growing up here, we had this thing called Pinewood Derby, right? Yeah. Where like you and your you and your dad would yeah. like make this crappy car, and it was they all gave everybody the same piece of wood, and then some kids cheated, and they put like weights and then, then you know uh, like lubricant and stuff, and, and you would put it at the top of this little hill, and it would roll down and stop, or it would zoom all the way to the end, and you'd win a prize. <laughs> I spent ha spent half an hour trying to get Epona across a freaking river at yeah. one point. I'm like, that was one of the failings. Like the, the horses can't go on a plank of wood, right? No. Yeah. And I was I was like, there's got to be a way. I don't want to ride all the way to the north with the only bridges left standing. And like, yeah, yeah, there were definitely a couple of hills where you're like, I think a horse can get at this. Come thing. on, <laughs> come on, you can do it. I I think it would be very, very, very difficult for Nintendo to make something bigger than this. Um, I mean, I would have said that about Breath of the Wild. Right. And then they made <laughs> Tears of the Kingdom. So I could be completely wrong. But Nintendo loves to surprise and do things that are deeply unexpected and strange. And so my if if I'm if I have to make a prediction about where the series goes from here, I think I, I don't know that we go back to this high rule. I, I think this is just a duology. He's gonna yeah. leave eventually, yeah. right? I don't even know if it's the same link. Yeah. But I actually would really love to see them scale down. Uh, well, not scale down, scale down in size, but make some make like a game that is very Majora's Mask and that it is like small and contained and puzzle boxy and just like tight fitting because they've proven they can do that. Like make these like wonderful little puzzle boxes. Right. But I would love like I don't know like like a Zelda Zelda <laughs> Zelda like. Like Disco Elysium, but Zelda, like just this small contained really area cool, that's yeah. just like stuffed full of detail and where everything just works like mm -hmm. a, like a much smaller map, but it's just like so freaking packed that you don't know what to do with it all. And you're constantly rediscovering. Really cool. Thing. Yeah. And Majora's yes. Mask did this clever thing about tracking people's problems yes, exactly. rather than just puzzles and things. It was. Yeah. And so you're revisiting really the same yeah. areas like over yeah. and over and over again, but you're constantly discovering new things about it. And that's, that's like kind of that. what I'm thinking because they've, they've sort of gone to the, they've done the the link to the past dark world kind of thing with this one and so and that was so, so what do you what what else do you do kind of on the same lines and i'm like well maybe you make what looks like a modern majora's mask not the same not the same game but the same kind of idea smaller 
uh, rearranged. I'd be there for that. Ways. Me too. That'd be awesome. I, I'd still want those quiet moments of minimalism, you know, where like it's just a dainty little piano sprinkles and then you're walking over a hill and something happens. But I like that a lot. I feel like with Nintendo, one of the most delightful things about them is that they they start with a mechanic and then they yeah. go, which franchise does this fit with? Mm-hmm. Like 20 years ago, we were like, what's next for Zelda? And they were like, the hat is a bird now. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, the hat is a bird. Hat is and a it bird. talks. And you're like, or like how they came right. up with Splatoon. It oh. was just like these tofu blocks spurting paint. Yeah. And they're like, I don't know. What's this? That's right. There was no shrinking, no minish in this one either, right? Like no. that was an element they talked about in Pitch the past. That, yeah, so. for Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Uh, we asked uh, the Nintendo, Nintendo Voice Chat podcast forums on Facebook, or Jada did, before she finished the game. So she asked a question and walked away and was like, oh, can't look. And uh, this was... You know, I believe two weeks ago when we were planning to do this episode originally, um, and it seems that not not a ton of you finished the game then either. So <laughs> I, I don't blame you for taking your time. Um, but yeah, seriously, like, it, take your time. Yeah. Take your time. Oh, yeah. Too but, late now. Yeah, too late. At the end of the spo- spoiler I mean, cast. Yeah, I mean, you listen to this whole you thing. You should still finish uh, Christian Travis D. Sigley, I think as his name is, says, what is the most, what has been the most surprising thing of Tears of the Kingdom besides the depths? Okay. I can the biggest surprise. I can go the first. Mac. Huh? The Mac. The Mac for me. I think the Mac too. Yeah. But I would say on a smaller scale, I was expecting the four dungeons to be the only really kind of significant puzzle places, and then you go into the sky, and there's one sky island that has mirror puzzles in it. Yeah, that's. I found good. that before the mirror puzzles of the desert fun, one yeah. of the lightning one. Oh. And like, I just thought that was so cool to find like something that could be a dungeon in any other game a full-fledged dungeon and they're just like nah, just one of the yeah. here you go yeah actually i have a more full answer than that i talked around this on a previous mm-hmm. version of this podcast but now i can just talk about it there are a, a handful of very small world state changes that happen yes. that are very subtle and they generally revolve around this fake ganondorf puppet zelda that you discover has been causing Various levels of mischief, but then also evil around Hyrule. And there's a couple different versions of this. So one of them, I believe it's triggered after you do a very specific quest with Pen, where you find out that the Yiga clan can also disguise themselves as Zelda. Mm -hmm. And then after that happens, you can go up to the Great Plateau and at the fire where the old man meets you in Breath of the Wild, Zelda's standing there. And she's instantly recognizable at a distance. And you know you know that's not Zelda. Right. Like, you're looking at that, you're like, nah. But you gotta go see what the heck is going on. Uh-huh. And so you talk to her and she's like, oh, I don't remember anything. What's going on? And you kind of have a moment of like freak out. And then it's the Yiga clan again. God, um, always. And then, but then the so other version of that is after you discover the puppet Ganon in Hyrule Castle, uh, if you, I know most people have been skipping the Blood Moon cutscene at that point, but if you actually listen to the, the Blood Moon cutscene, mm-hmm. she's gone. Her voiceover is no longer in that cutscene after that point because it was the puppet Ganon all along doing that reading. It wasn't the real Zelda. Uh, and she's gone now. What the heck? So, I but if you listen to that full reading when she does the lines, it. she has like this very, like her, her original, the Breath of the Wild line is the blood moon rises once again. Be careful, Link. But the Tears of the Kingdom was when the glow of the blood stained moon <laughs> shines upon the. And you go, like, okay, duh, that wasn't Zelda. She I wouldn't say it Dark like that. Right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Th- there's a couple other things like that. 
but discovering those tiny little world state changes oh really good the the, the amount like that, that's where i'm like this where i kept on saying this effing game like you'll, <laughs> yeah. discover, you'll discover like a reaction like you know you talk to somebody from a table and they're like why are you standing on the, <laughs> on the table? table or you wear a certain thing or like you're you've got a korok on the cart and like something gets hit by lightning and the cork goes oh my god right yeah. like it's, there's all this stuff they coded into this game that they didn't need to no and like and and that's i mean that's why it takes them forever to make one of these games uh mark norley asks from being possessed as demon king and spirit tracks to having puppet versions of in tears of the kingdom do you see zelda having an antagonistic role in future games Ooh, she did that in the end i mean in twilight cool. princess she was super creepy right right but i don't think they'll do it no. i think they've got like a brand like, i think they have a brand bible it would be very cool i think they have yeah. like a brand bible somewhere and they're just like no nah. you don't think they'll do like a possessed zelda that you fight in a sword fight or something like that i there's probably a brand well, bible done, somewhere that, that says you can't hit zelda with a sword <laughs> tears of the kid not tears of the kingdom twilight princess did some of that right did you fight zelda in that? there's a the, she's remember she's all like pale and white eyed and stuff and it's like a creepy scene in there mm -hmm. um but i don't think they'll create this sort of like character moment where no. she does something that um that she's the antagonist i think probably giving her more agency like reb said is probably more likely i think for yeah i think so too well, finally, uh, Nathan Sisodia says, I love the coverage of Tears of the Kingdom, but I'm so looking forward to normal ah. NVC. Well, good news, Thank Nathan you. and everybody else. That's about all the time we have left for the final episode of Talk of the Kingdom. I want to thank you all for joining me up here today. I want to thank our amazing NVC audience for listening and watching to this very special Zelda miniseries. I want to thank everybody at IGN who pushed for the show, supported the show, the art team that made all the awesome graphics, all the people who've been on the show, Tom Marks, uh, who reviewed the game, uh, gave us, you know, some of our favorite moments early on of doing the show. Like, it's been a blast. Um, yeah, I've been a massive Zelda fan ever since I was like five years old. Hosting the show, talking about this game with my friends has been a dream come true. So um, thank you for letting me be here. Uh, if, you're, if you're tired of me, that's fine. Be sure to come back next week for your regularly scheduled Nintendo Voice Chat episode hosted by the wonderful Seth Macy. Finish the game, Seth. Until then, <laughs> NVC is available on IGN, YouTube, and all of your favorite podcast platforms. If you're watching us on YouTube, leave us a like and a nice comment. If you're listening to us on a podcast app, please leave us a nice review and don't forget to follow nintendo voice chat on twitter uh and probably everywhere else soon if you want a cool nintendo shirt like the one i'm rocking right here this wonderful sweatshirt uh check out the ign store reb's got one on too uh you'll tons of great zelda shirts on there tons of tears of the kingdom great mario shirts my kid stole one of them even though it's an <laughs> adult medium and she wears it to bed and just looks like a, a fool it's a tent and it's a walking tent it's a huge now. tent she stretched it out yep. with, you know with, the, with arms and knees just so yeah buy one for yourself and and your pets or your kids whatever uh until then, thank you so much for listening and watching to Nintendo Voice Chat. We'll see you next week. And you remember that Nintendo Voice Chat is the only place where we can do this for one last time. We can. You can get, get the, the tingle. tingle. No, the tingle. The tingle. tingle? Yeah. Have you not been here? Tingle is not not in the game. See you in six years. There's a tingle. <laughs> <laughs> Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it 
Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.